Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox Podcast. I'm Clint Benish, and I'm here today with Tim Price. Today, we want to talk about confidence. Whether you're a worship leader, a member of the stage team, or participating behind the scenes, confidence is a characteristic that will help make your ministry effective and engaging. Confidence is one key element to worship leadership in the local church. Not self-centered overconfidence, but the I've got a handle on the situation kind of confidence that set the congregation at ease. The kind of confidence that allows others to join you. The kind of confidence that thinks less about yourself and more about Jesus, the mission of the church, the people, and your ministry. Yep, confidence in worship leadership makes all the difference. So the question is, where do we get this confidence? And not too long ago, we noted seven ways in a blog post on worship leader confidence. So we're going to take a minute to walk through those. Yeah, so let's talk through that list. I see here that the first one is from Scripture and prayer. Yeah, I guess we have to um, just kind of nail down that the the idea of confidence here is really for um, the the church to feel like they can follow you. And we've all seen people that like seem like they're like way too overconfident. And mm-hmm. I'm sure sometimes I've come across that way and, and I don't think that really helps. But even in a worse scenario is somebody who you feel like is almost on the verge of not making it through it. And that <laughs> makes you feel really tough for them and, and everybody else. Although God can use us in our weakest moments, and sometimes when I think I've done my best, then um, we nobody you know, really says anything. And mm-hmm. sometimes when I feel like I've totally failed, everybody comes up and says, that was awesome. So it's weird how that works. But this first one from Scripture and Prayer, confidence really comes from God, and we can only be fruitful when we remain in Him. And so we know that and experience that. John 15, that when we're connected to the vine, we're able to um, actually have fruit come from our ministry. And without that. So as we read his word and spend time in prayer, uh, our purpose and our passions and our ministries, they really just grow naturally. And you don't have to sit around and strategize crazily. The cycle kind of continues because it's based in scripture and prayer. Yeah. So that's a that's a kind of a foundational one for sure. And one of my favorite scriptures that kind of go along with what we're talking here is John 330. That, you know, God is greater and I must become less, you know, he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. And I think that if we know that truth that like in our ministry and the things we're doing, that God really has everything under control, that really, I really can't do anything to make it better because he has it all. So yeah, that's, that's a good verse. Yeah. Yeah, Having scripture in your heart really makes a difference. Oh, definitely. For for sure. All right. Well, the next one kind of goes along with some of that stuff is from our calling. Yeah, and and this is like a standard sort of thing people always say, like you should always be able to think back to when God called you or to think back to the why you're here to start with. And so um, when things are going tough and, you know, you don't have confidence in every decision you ever make or every setting you're ever in, but you can always look back and say, I know I'm supposed to be here because God called me in this moment and um, I'm serving this church because of this setup. So you just think back to the why, which was when we went to the Orange Conference digital that was one of their big things was always go back to the why yeah and that's a that's just a huge part and and calling is like one of those moments yeah so that's a that's awesome so this isn't on here but 30 seconds or less what was your calling to ministry well um 
30 seconds or less, that's tough. I know. But I guess... And the, I know it changes the, over time. The one big moment that yeah. I think back to whenever I have those times is um, at a, a senior in high school at a camp that was hosted at a college. And a guy was preaching from Texas. And I remember afterwards just really sensing that God was calling me into ministry of some kind. And I had no idea what that would be. But I remember thinking it was pretty serious. I was probably up there at the altar for lo- long after everybody left. And I remember f- reflecting later that what they all did was went to like the last night of the camp, like pizza extravaganza party. And, missed out on pizza. and I missed out on all that. <laughs> I was just sitting up in this like, you know, upper Deneen of McKendry college at the time. And, oh. and um, I've always just thought back to that moment. I had no idea what it would look like, but I just, you know, went for it. That's hilarious. So that's awesome. Well, um, <laughs> the next thing I have here is once you get that calling, you know, God, is going to prepare you. So one way we get, we get confidence is from preparation. Yeah, definitely. It comes from good preparation. And we've talked about this before, and we actually have a podcast episode about this. We do. The very first one. The very first one. Go back and listen to it. Advanced uh, preparation and how that helps your ministry. So, Clint, I know we've just talked around and around about this over the years. <laughs> I am not necessarily like the kingpin of people that think about preparation because <laughs> I most often can prepare best by just you know almost uh, like if i have an idea for an event in mind i send out a note in an email to our thousands of people and i say hey we're going to host an event and then i start planning it and it's just like (laughs) that's what motivates me is thinking about the fact that people are coming and then i start doing it on the other hand um and i think that's come from like you know more than two decades of serving at like camps and conferences where you show up and nobody really knows what's going on. And oh, then you got to pull it together. And um, yeah. the Monday of any camp is a total disaster. And then after that, it's great. Well, let's flip this around real, real quick. If the camp was prepared, how would that have helped you um, as a worship leader at those camps or conferences if <laughs> they knew exactly what was going on? Well, yeah. I mean, those settings are just so crazy. And I know this is for the local <laughs> church, but you got a bunch of volunteers showing up, you know, once a year. Yeah. You've almost got to have 24 hours of chaos just to get <laughs> into the pocket. But from this other standpoint, I've also learned from being a part of a church for more than 20 years that mm-hmm. that God's spirit can work in advance. And so there are times when we need to plan. And when we do, it it changes everything. But these type of things of just preparation, um, confidence from that. That's just some basic stuff, stuff that I do do because mm-hmm. otherwise I would never make it. But yeah. if your iPad is turned on, you got the songs up and your guitar is in tune and you remembered your guitar strap. And I mean, like there's there's stuff that I have in the the works that are such a habit that I would never show up and not have those things. Yeah. But yeah, if there's ever a sun, if there's ever a Sunday morning that I forget my iPad and I got to call my wife and say, "Could you bring my iPad?" and then they show up like two minutes before church time and then they walk up there, oh. that just changes like your mental state a little the bit. Stress. Yeah. I'm and overwhelmed so, thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I've done that before, and you know, but I also know that you know, confidence, you know, just it shows up whenever you've got things in place and you uh, know everything's happening. So that's awesome. And you could add a lot to that too. But like we said, look at the, yeah, look at the first podcast. We talked a little bit about that. That's right. Go back to that advanced <laughs> preparation. It's key. Go back, put it on your favorite play. But the next one here um, to get confidence is from a good relationship with your pastor. And that is so true. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll ask you what your thoughts are when you said so true with your eyes really wide. That <laughs> nobody, nobody can really see right here, but oh, man. Um, you know, I, I have a unique thing because for like, you know, 17, 18 years, all my life, my dad was a pastor. And then for like 17 of those years or so, I was 
on staff at the same church. So he was a pastor and I was, you know, leading worship. Mm-hmm. So that was unique. And, and, uh, I should write or think about that a little bit more because I learned a lot, but it was also different because it was your dad and the pastor. Mm-hmm. So I really don't have a long swath of history of working with a senior pastor. And for the last three years now we've worked with Andy. We both work at the same church yeah. and serve in ministry together. And, um, it's been, it's been good. We should have Andy on here and ask him how it's been. But when you when you ha- when you know your pastor is behind you and for you, and and yes. and the pastor is trying to get, you know, it is asking things of you, but also understanding when things aren't working. I mean, like the encouragement and the preparation and mm. all those key pieces. Uh, I think it'd be really tough to have confidence leading worship if if you had like a negativity with your pastor some way. And that's not to say you have to agree on everything, but yeah, you know, just what are your thoughts? Well, you kind of like set it all right there. You know, you guys have the same mission, the same vision. Uh, you can kind of feed off each other to lift each other up and you guys are going out there for the same purpose. Now, if for whatever reason, um, you could come across the pastor who, you know, for whatever reason might, you know, have, this sounds terrible, but like, you know, like power hungry, you know, it's like, it's their way of the highway. Which, you know, as a senior pastor, they're the head uh, shepherd of the church. They're the leader. So, you know, you kind of default to what their vision is. But you guys should always be on the same page. And if you're not on the same page, it's going to come off uh, from the altar. So, Yep. That's true. Yeah. Um, But even maybe even more so than that, because they're physically up there with you, is that good relationship that you have with your team. Yeah, when you're when your worship team is enjoying solid community and good culture and good momentum, it's easy to have confidence as you serve with them. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, leading people is not easy task, and it requires ongoing upkeep of investment of time and energy and really your life. But as you work with the team members, you grow in faith together, and you also grow in how they work with things and how they respond to things mm-hmm. and other stuff. So. Um, We've, um, I've, I've experienced scads and scads of great teams. And even, you know, at our church here, there's some people that are sort of new in the realm of worship ministry. And there's some people that have been around for, you know, more than a decade. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just the relationship that you have with them helps encourage and strengthen and, and continue on. Mm-hmm. And so just good words and, and stories and memories and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. that's huge. And then the more you trust people, the more you're able to know that it's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, if like you're leading this week and so um, it's easy to think, well, if Clint's leading, then we'll get the songs in there and we'll know what's going on and it's going to happen. And um, nobody can see Ryan here in our little podcast studio, but Ryan <laughs> was a part of our ministry and has been ever since he was a student here at church. And um, he was another one of those guys you could just say, oh, well. Ryan's going to be here. He's going to yeah. sh- tell him to come at nine. He shows right up at nine. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's, uh, you know, you just confidence grows whenever you can trust people. Yeah. It's crazy because Ryan was actually in the high school worship band that I was leading uh, when he was a, a student here at our church. And since then, he's gone off to college and now he's graduated. And it's really crazy to think about because now I feel even older as I'm sitting here looking at him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you have people who on your team who hopefully you build you have that confidence and they gain trust in you and then they're faithful. And he was definitely always one of those people who 
was always there rock solid unless you had like tennis or something tennis or golf or whatever yeah whatever you know those different sport things but that, that happens in life so we have a lot of love for tennis <laughs> there's a lot of students here that play tennis it's amazing <laughs> it was not in my realm when i was in high school so so yeah but um Another thing also about a good relationship with your team, and you kind of mentioned it, is you have trust and confidence with that relationship. But also, that's also a really good thing because sometimes you have to have like hard conversations. And if you don't have that good relationship with your team, you can't have hard conversations. You know, um, if things are going uh, bad on stage or even if things are going bad and you see it play out like outside of church for them, sometimes you have to have those hard conversations. So. Which that could be a whole another talk, a uh, whole another conversation yeah. for a podcast itself. But one I need to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so good. Well, uh, that's great. Do you have any other points about relationship with your team? Oh, I, I just think. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I could, I could probably think through this more clearly, but there is something in me that sort of says that rebels a little bit against excellence at all costs mm -hmm. because it's like everything you turn to in worship ministry is something about excellence this mm -hmm. and excellent that and flow this and flow that and um and in the process of that there's got to be some people who feel like they've been snubbed in some way like you know whatever for whatever reason i'm wired up in such a way that people stuff mm -hmm. always outweighs logistics and and pursuit and goals. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure what that is. And maybe the goal in the pursuit is people stuff. But I also know that there's got to be a way for that to work together because nobody wants to be a part of something that's floundering or mediocre mm -hmm. or subpar or, you know, just so-so. And um, so, you know, it's never too late to learn new things. But I, I do think that somehow it ought to be your team and the the confidence that comes from everybody being together is what, boosts excellence mm -hmm. as opposed to starting with logistical things yeah and then trying to get your people there but i think it could also be personality but i, I do i do think that uh you're you're a worship leader you're interim there and even if you're there 20 years you're somebody else is going to take the helm sometime and so part of your ministry during that time frame is ministry with your team yeah and so confidence just comes from that yeah that's very true um, so you were, you just said striving for excellence. Uh, well, the next point here is kind of the opposite of that is what happens when you have to deal with failure. So you get confidence from being able to deal with failure. Well, we list this in blog post because, um, basically nobody's perfect. And the, the more scared you are to fail, the less confident you really are. Yeah. And so if you can just deal with failure a couple of times or a million times and yeah. just know Yep, I didn't start that song right, which is minor in this grand scheme of things, <laughs> or or bigger things where you 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 know took on a role and and you you botched the whole thing because you you tried to take a direction too quickly or you didn't understand the culture of a church or you weren't able to pull people along with you and you were just off in la la land while everybody's just sitting there watching you. Those things are like those things are tough, but you get through them. I mean, life keeps on going, and yeah. so no matter what you're in in no matter what you're involved in, no matter what endeavor or what church. You're not perfect, and things are going to go wrong. And once you become comfortable with that fact, then you can have more confidence that failure doesn't, you know, send everything over the edge. That's hilarious, though. But uh, yeah, but you know, if you the 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 one thing here is that if um, you are going to be a risk taker in mm -hmm. ministry, 
then you have to kind of come to the understanding and realization that sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's weird. If you can build on little successes, then confidence just is monumental. Like if you just know that things are going to, you know, this little thing worked, this little thing worked, now you're going to try this thing. And, and that works. It just keeps going. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about this while you were talking about failure. What is a failure story that you have that you can look back on and laugh about? Well, um, you think of one too. Okay. Because I, I I don't really have any. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm just I don't, I don't know if we have enough time for all the laundry list of failures um, of mine. Mine, mine I, I think back to one that really, like I said, is is so ridiculously minor in, in the life of yeah of the world and all that's going on. But I remember five or eight, nine years ago, whenever um, 10,000 Reasons came out and it was the first time we sang it at our church. And I don't know why I got stumped with this, but I just stood up there and I said, we're, I, I introduced the whole thing. I said, we're going to learn it. I was standing, I remember on this side of the stage, I think it, I always stand on the opposite side of where I just pointed, nobody can see, but I was standing on the left side. I always stand on the right side. And so the stage must've been new, which was, you know, probably about the time the song came out. And, um, and what was crazy was, is that I introduced it and I got everything all lit up and I prayed before we began to sing it. And then I just stood there and I could not remember anything about the melody line <laughs> or the anything. And I tried like three different keys and hit different chords. And I turned around and said, just give me a minute, give me a minute. And I just, it was like 50 <laughs> seconds of just standing there saying, hang on, I know I know this. And I just started oh, like babbling. Man. And then eventually I sang it. But it was one of those times that people came back to where they're like, oh, I'm glad to see that happen. I just thought you were like a robot. <laughs> so that was weird. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is so funny. I should try to find the DVD of that. Oh, man. Post it. Back oh. in DVD days. DVD days. Oh, goodness. So what's your failure? Okay. Well, I have two, and they're both really quick. The first one is um, it was at the Fire Up Conference, which is a conference that uh, Harvest Ministry team hosts. And... Um, I was leading Reckless Love, and I started the song singing the harmony and not the melody. Mm. And I was just like, it felt wrong as I was singing it, but I couldn't think why. Because I'm not a harmony <laughs> singer, you know, and my mind doesn't wrap around it, but I started on the harmony. So there's that one. And the other one, and every worship leader has done this at least 10 times, is putting the capo on the wrong spot oh, and yeah. starting the song. And then if you play with pads, all, then all of a sudden the pads come in and you're totally in the wrong key. Yep. Oh, yeah. I've done that a million times too. <laughs> and there's, yeah, just, you could go on and on about like lyrics and no. and lyrics not showing up at the right time and making things up and <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, confidence grows whenever you have made a mistake and you've lived through it. Yep. Just so, rebound from it. That's yep. all you can do. You can't change it. That's true. Well, we're at a last point here. And, um, you can get confidence from a faithful off-stage life. Yeah, and I heard this from Hal Hamilton once that sometimes the unrehearsed words in your life have way more impact and meaning in people than your rehearsed words. So anybody can rehearse a script and rehearse songs and get on stage and lead worship and and look like things are going well. Mm -hmm. But if it's incongruent with your life off-stage, then your confidence level is going to just begin to tank. So one of our, our biggest things as worship leaders is to um, live a life that, uh, and in some ways I also get cynical about this because we 
in in this culture put worship leader and leadership on such a high plane that they're like it's almost unattainable like how can anybody really even do that and that's why being authentic is so important and, and sharing weakness is so important and all those things but at the very least we have to lead a life of integrity so um if you're going to be in front of people then you are called to a higher standard and that's just the way it is like you're um asked to um you know have a life that's going to model what it is you display when you're on stage. And I don't have any exact examples of that because there's so many um, different ways that people could think that. But, it, but if we're living a faithful everyday life mm-hmm. with our homes and our work and what we're doing in, in all those areas, finances and health and, you know, being faithful to scripture, then we're going to have confidence and connection really on stage. Yeah. So that's just a part of, ministry yeah living that's really good and um you know one thing that really um speaks to me about this last point is when i first got into student ministry um when i got into student ministry like you know social media was it was big you know what i mean you know facebook twitter and all that kind of stuff instagram you know and all that kind of jazz and i decided at that point that like i really needed i wasn't doing anything bad in life but like i figured you know i need to like make my life, you know, speak for God. You know what I mean? Like I need to be a vessel and my social media needed to like, you know, reflect that because I knew that like all these students were going to see, you know, how I live my life. And had they seen someone who was like living worldly, you know, how could they take, you know, what I was saying on Wednesday nights, you know, worth, how, how is that even valid? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I don't even know what I'm trying to say there. But. Yeah. That's, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it it kind of propels you to want to have a a good offstage life. Yeah, or off and social media is a huge part of that. Oh yeah. So if you you know we all have heard stories of people that no oh, nightmares. I mean, you got to basically know that as a ministry leader, your social media is not your own. Yeah, <laughs> like it's yeah. it's everybody's in some ways, odd some odd way. What's so crazy? And this is like a really tangent and off topic or whatever. But like for whatever reason, and you kind of said this. Uh, when it comes to the worship band and lifting them up, but like for whatever reason, people in ministry, you know, their social media, what they post, you know, is under a microscope. And for some reason, there's higher expectations for people who serve in ministry versus like the people who are in the congregation. We're really, we're all just like, you know, we're all church members. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there is truth to that because that's why Timothy has all these qualifications for leaders and deacons and elders, and, and they're slightly even different a little bit. Like the higher up the role, yeah. then the less you know the qualification is. Yeah. So, and and that's why the Bible talks about if you're if you are a leader, then your words matter even more. Mm-hmm. Like if you send somebody astray as a proclaimed leader, then you even have more of a judgment on you. Yeah. So that's true. That's the way it is. <laughs> well, that's our list of seven, and um, that's a good list. So, Tim, where could they go if they wanted to find the, the blog that matches this? Well, um, we you can go to the worshipleadertoolbox.com, awesome. and we're going to uh, – this will be posted there, and you can just search it in there. Awesome. So, yep. Well, never forget that ultimately Jesus is the worship leader of the church. That's uh, Hebrews 10, 19. Uh, This alone may sum up why we can have confidence. The church belongs to God, and Jesus is the head of the church. Be a faithful steward, confident that God has you where you need to be right now, 
for now. Yep. And that might be one of the best summaries for confidence. Yeah. God has you where you're at for a reason. Yeah. So do your best. Do your best. Thank you for listening to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. If you would like to support this podcast, there is a support link in the show notes below. Also, we would love to have you click subscribe and give us a five-star rating so more people can discover us. Don't forget to join the Worship Leader Toolbox Facebook page for connection and community. If you have any questions, please contact us or leave us a message at worshipleadertoolbox.com slash podcast.